0: First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw down, knock a mile, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. Bienvenidos and welcome back to the Two Beers Podcast, your favorite hour, hour and a half of every week. I'm Jordan, here with Drew, part of the Everyman. What's up, brother?
1: Only one thing can describe what's up for me, my man.
0: Yeah? I close my eyes Only for a moment, and the moment's gone All, All my, my dreams, dreams. Pass before my eyes, eyes and and
1: Yeah. What's going on? Boxing fans can't have nice things. No We'll get into it, but man, what a what a depressing depressing seventy two hours we've had here. Oh
0: I'm sitting around reading Don't Kill Myself books.
1: Uh Um,
0: all right. Let's get into the beers.
1: Are you, are you smacking something over there? What do you what are you what do you what are you thudding around, pal? Smacking the
0: base. Slapping the base. Ready? Uh, I three bet that's what two, you're slapping. One Oh, I can't come on. Three two one. Oh gosh,
1: sorry. Ah, oh, I needed that extra tug there. I wish um, I had the, I wish I had the lines down from Silicon Valley. Be perfect timing. Uh
0: huh. <laughs> um Hey everyone, guess what? Sorry, I'm, I have repeats this week. This is the Rogue Bat Squatch from last week. Uh, I was going to go get new beers, and we just had an epic, crazy, biblical storm straight out of Genesis. And I'm not going to lie, my house, pretty sure, got struck by lightning, and my TV is dead. So I, I'm pretty sure the lightning <laughs> grounded itself in my television. But everything else is fine. So, anyway. Uh, I chose not to go out and get new beers, so I got Rogue Bat Squatch right now. What you got, True?
1: Uh, I'm drinking a uh, McDonald's K-cup coffee because I'm on some nice muscle relaxers for my back <laughs> that I, uh, I may or may not have uh, thrown out here yesterday. Uh, so,
0: are you supposed to be drinking caffeine with muscle relaxers?
1: Uh, probably not, but I figure I figure it's a step. Step clo- in the right direction for what we're doing. Different, All right, a different a different kind of brew. I
0: I feel like muscle relaxers with beer would be the play on here, but what do I know?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true.
0: All right, well, as Drew said, we we got tons after having what two three weeks of light boxing. We got tons of boxing to discuss now.
1: Huge weekend. This was supposed to be the appetizer. Mm hmm. Ah, uh, man. Well, let's get into it, bro-ham. The Spence. Worst,
0: the worst one. Spence Pack. Go
1: ahead. Cancelled. Womp, 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 womp. Spence is diagnosed with a tear in his retina. Still not sure what that is, but apparently it's a thing and you can have surgery to fix it. clarify, you know what a retina
0: is, because you said this before, and I was like, a retina is in your eye. You're like, I know that. And I'm like, I just don't know,
1: I don't, I (laughs) don't, I don't understand a tear in your retina. I don't understand like what that is.
0: It's connected by something and whatever's connecting it is not doing a good job of being connected. So
1: whatever. So
0: I imagine if you get punched in your eye when something is in your retina is not doing a good job of being connected to your eyeball, that it could be long-term damage
1: oh man uh this happened about two days ago just minding our own business you know getting excited for this week's boxing and bam i see it i send i send jordan the text and it's just it's all at the end of all things um yeah it's this is depressing i spence may never get this i mean yeah you know, spence is gonna be fine with his boxing career obviously but i i it's a, it's in doubt that he may ever fight get the pacquiao fight now
0: i don't think he ever does
1: yeah, so now, luckily, the the other player at 147 with one of the belts is uh, Ugas, and he was the on the undercard of Spence Pacquiao. So he's been in camp, he's been training. So they kind of luck out here that they're just going to put uh, Ugas in the ring with Pacquiao now, which, interesting, he's going to have basically two weeks to prepare for one of the greatest boxers of all time, albeit he's 42 years old. But well, Pacquiao only gets two weeks to prepare for Ugas now, too. Yeah, it's true. Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. Um, yeah. So, just crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, Pacquiao. This 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 could have been Pacquiao's last fight. Uh, it may still be. Even if he even if he wins, uh, he may be done. I know. So, uh, how I, many
0: how many bullets this guy have left in the chamber? He's well, 42. not only that too.
1: But he's. I mean, he's. I mean, the big the biggest rumor is that he's gonna run for president over at. Um, in the Philippines, here quite shortly, which that will also put an end to his boxing career. If you're
0: the president of of a developed nation, are you allowed to get your ass kicked by someone in the 147 division? <laughs> I don't like, know, is that man. a thing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of depressing for a nation. They'd be like, "Shit, our president just got his ass, ass kicked by Errol Spence." <laughs> yeah. So, uh,
1: you know, I guess we'll see. So, you know, uh, it's, I mean, it, so the story, the, the fight is a little, does have some story behind it because they did strip Pacquiao out of that. I forget what it is. I think it's the WBA. Um, they stripped him of that title cause he didn't fight for two years, which I, I, a lot of people weren't happy about it, but I was like, uh, yeah, if he's not going to fight, like take the title off him.
0: Yeah. Me and you both agreed on that one. Yeah.
1: And so Ugas got the title. So he's, he, uh, now that's that's how they'll play this one out. You know the true the true champion versus I guess the email champion.
0: Yeah, Pacquiao, I want my belt.
1: Back. <sighs> yeah, so that's in two weeks. Um, yeah, Crawford, Crawford may be uh, Spence's payday now. Maybe the maybe that forces the hand there, which we'd rather see. But that's depressing. Um, on the next pressing. Uh, Jesus, yeah. And then, uh, David Benavidez, who we've talked about in some. Interesting fashion on this pod. You know. I, I love him. You love him. I I I think he's a great boxer and has a great skill set. I just you know, if you if you don't respect the sport and the fans, I don't respect you. So that's been my take on him. Yeah, uh, he, he gets my nipples hard. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, he caught COVID, so his fight here at the end of August, uh, at PBC this is all PBC too. Um, his fight at the end of August is now going to be delayed. I maybe no. No, maybe November they'll do it. Yeah, disappointing. I, he wasn't really. I don't think he was fighting anybody of any, any note. But yeah, you know, he's just an exciting guy to get in the ring. No, it just. But
0: it just jams up the yeah. whole Canelo uh, division because it's like they were trying to. Canelo was going to fight Plant. That fell through, and then that was going to set up Benavidez, who's like one of the best prospects at that weight, and then now it's just like. Okay, so now is Canelo gonna fight Bivol, or is he gonna fight better Biev, like 175? Like, is, or better? Or what those? Are gonna, those guys are gonna come down to 168? I don't know. It's just a, it's just a total mess. Canelo might end up with another like just stay busy fight. Yeah, people were saying like an easier fight would be Benavides. Vers, versus Canelo now since they both got off around the same couple weeks, but then you're rewarding Benavidez for getting COVID and skipping out on this fight. I, I don't know. It's a mess. Yeah, it's I, a mess.
1: And I don't know if we talked. Yeah, the September. I don't know if we can't remember if we talked about it last week, but the September date's gone now for Canelo. So now it's now it's going to be I for November. I can't remember if we said that, but I'm sure we did. Um, we usually don't miss things. So <laughs> never. So. Ah, so that's that's more bad news. On the on the bright side.
0: Bright side. Two bright side.
1: Potentially. Items. Potentially. Potentially. December eleventh, Heisman weekend. Lomachenko. Loma, most hit,
0: likely, in the garden. In the garden. Most likely.
1: At least one of us will be there. My With the undercard.
0: Cro-
1: the potentially. monster the other monster Berlenga. Berlenga. Big big pod favorite. Edgar oh, Berlenga is rumored rumored to be the uh the co not well, not a co main event, but he'll be the undercard main event uh for whoever Lomachenko ends up fighting on the eleventh, which just makes that even even more of a reason for the two brew crew to get out there. So yes. Yes. that was some good news. And then it's official. We got a date, contracts are signed. October the 23rd, a couple of days before your second favorite podcast host, Jordan's birthday, Jamel Herring defends his 130 championship against Shakur Stevenson. So this one's been in the works for a while. Uh, we figured we'd get here. Now it's official. It's going to be in Atlanta. Uh, the boys are going to be buzzing for this one. A lot we're, going, we're
0: going to Atlanta, too.
1: Maybe. Uh a lot, um,
0: of, a lot of eyes. Uh I gotta ask you, I'm a little bit putting you on the spot, but who are you rooting for in that one?
1: Uh considering Shakur uh still owes me forty dollars for a fight t shirt of his that I haven't gotten, I'm probably gonna say Herring.
0: Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> de- I'm definitely in the yeah. camp of Herring at this point.
1: Yeah, like I listen, I, I like Shakur. Like I'm um, uh, he's really good. He just his uh his, like, thing on, his thing with, like, the internet. <laughs> the internet, like, I'm 50 years old. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> on that internet <laughs> thing. <laughs>
0: He's kind of a child on that internet thing. Yeah, with you know, social when, whenever, whenever he goes on... Logs on to the
1: Twitter. Whenever he goes on, on the line. Do you mean <laughs> online? Do you mean online? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like we, I mean, we joked about it after his last fight, which you know, I mean, he he pitched a shutout, but he you know he didn't he didn't look to close the show when he could have at times. I think we made the joke. It's like, what do what are we thinking? Like forty minutes before Shakur goes onto Twitter and starts just like going off, and, and it, it was twenty two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just kind of getting annoying. It's like, dude, like would you just calm down? Um, you know, that like,
0: that was basically Herring's response to him. Like the whole time Shakur's trying to talk trash on Twitter. And Herring's like, yeah, I got better things to do with my time. Like you're a young kid. <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 I
1: fought, I fought in a war. I'm not really worried about this, but it'll be. We'll, I mean, we'll obviously deep dive it uh, as we get closer. You know, hopefully things aren't closing down and we still get that fight. But yeah, I mean, off the cuff, I still think Shakur probably wins um, by decision. But I mean, Herring, Herring will make him. He'll make him earn this one, so it's not gonna be it's not gonna be an easy fight. But my my early uh, pick pick would be Shakur in that one. I'll be f- I'll be excited for the Loma for the Loma fight when uh, all the Loma haters are out there talking about how Comey's like la- alive. Oh, I mean, I, can- I still can't remember talking about it last week. He's a live dog, and they won't be shocked if Loma loses, and then he'll be Comey, and it'll be Ah uh, Comey's washed. T O T O ended his career. <laughs> Ah, oh, it's great stuff. Boxing Twitter never disappoints. But what do we got this weekend, Broham? Big triple header.
0: Yeah, so this is three fights that probably outside the boxing world might not move the needle. But within the boxing world, there are three really fun fights. Yes. Um, the first one we're going to talk about is one, the one I'm looking forward to the most myself. Really? Franco Maloney. Okay. Yes. Yes, I Franco am. Franco
1: Maloney 3.
0: Franco Maloney, three. So, they had the second one in the bubble in 2020. It was Maloney's big time to shine. Um, he's from Australia, right? I believe so. Yeah, it, he was like, all Him right, and his this brother. Is... Yeah, he's the one. With... Is he the one with the um, the twin?
1: Are they twins? Or they just are they look twins alike? or they
0: brothers? The, his brothers fighting on this card as well. Yeah,
1: they're. We'll just say brothers for now. I can't yeah. confirm that they're twins.
0: Yeah, so his his brother is fighting on this card, which they did in the bubble as well, and they were both supposed to win the title, right? And the brother lost, and then Maloney came out and kicked his Franco's ass. Am I thinking of this right?
1: No, Maloney fought, the other the other brother fought in a way
0: and, and lost. got and, and got right. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying, and got yeah. and lost, and then Maloney came well, out. Well, I don't and- I don't
1: think anybody was predicting him to win a title <laughs> to beat in a way. was my point?
0: No, I, I must be thinking of something else. Either way, this third fight, what happened in the second fight in the bubble was in the, I believe it was the third round, uh, Maloney was just putting it on Franco. Yeah. Um, One of our favorites, Tim Bradley, uh, former champion who is now an announcer for ESPN, said that Franco had uh, weight-cutting issues. He was very weak on the dehydration. His trainer basically had to physically put him up on the scales uh, at, on, on the way in. So they said he was very depleted. And Maloney just friggin' put it on him. Uh, hit him so hard with just jabs and hooks that he swelled up his eye within like two, three rounds. Um, and they had to stop the fight because of how much Franco's uh, eye was swelled. Yep. Uh, the, the referee actually came out and said it was an inadvertent headbutt. And so it was in Vegas, right, where they have yep, because Ve- Vegas allows Vegas allows the reviews. So the fight, mind you, lasted what's all of 10 minutes maybe. 7 7 to 10 minutes. And the review lasted nearly a half hour. We're sitting there watching this going what the hell are they looking at? And guess what? There was not a headbutt to be found. Nope. Phantom phantom call, no headbutt. And they just keep reviewing it and reviewing it and reviewing it. And the call stands. They say there was a headbutt. So they say it was a medical uh, no decision. And it's just like, what the hell are you talking about? So Maloney does not get the belt. He he, comes out with a perfect game plan in shape, catches Franco on a bad night. Now, here we are, Franco Maloney 3. Both guys have a lot to prove, so... Um, this is uh, the 115 division. Uh, this is for a belt, and um, I am going to say I'm picking Baloney, and I'm I am saying it is a either a KO or a TKO in the late rounds. I'm saying Deep Waters takes my man into Deep Waters oh. and lays it lays it on him because he knows that he got screwed last time. Timothy Bradley said he expects it to go uh, the distance. He likes go, Franco. And to go... Franco and decision. That's right. And I, I'm sorry. When you get screwed that badly, and, and this is the sport that me and you really love, when it's just you and yourself out there, and you got to dig deep. Yeah. Maloney is taking Franco into deep waters, and it's going to happen in the 10th and 11th, 12th championship rounds, and he's going to put it on him, and he's going to get that belt. Yeah, I
1: thought... I thought Bradley's take was interesting that he thought it was the opposite that like Maloney would be so frustrated at having lost to him once and then having having that decision that he'll psychologically not be ready for this fight. I'm kind of with you. Um, I yeah, I think it's a fifty fifty fight. I'm gonna pick Maloney because I'm rooting for him because I don't like the Franco still kind of swears by this frigging headbutt nonsense. Um, like you got beat, bro. Like. You know, it's fine. Badly,
0: like you mismanaged <laughs> your own weight. That was not. That was not anybody else's fault.
1: Yeah. So I uh, got Maloney. We'll see. He had the perfect game plan for fight two. We'll see if he can keep it for fight three. Uh, you know, he beautifully worked the jab in that second fight for those two rounds. Which again, to your point, is why that eye swelled up. Uh, there was no. Maybe there was a thumb, but uh, I mean, definitely no headbutt. So I. I like Mal- I like Maloney to win this one, so it'll be uh, hopefully it's a nice little redemption story here. I do the one thing that I do like about Franco, which I've said a bunch of times. I do like um, I do like his trainer. I do like uh, Robert Garcia. So that's that's the yeah. one thing I keep an eye out for. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. So that's that. Uh, which channel is? Oh yeah, I think I have it here.
1: ESPN or ESPN Plus. Yeah. I gotta imagine. I gotta imagine this is a uh, a freebie on ESPN.
0: Yeah. Uh, this says ESPN Plus. Oh, oh. Of course, if my TV's out, I might be watching on ESPN Plus no matter what. Um, but yeah. So they that starts at eight on Saturday night. Main event um, probably to happen at eleven, right? Yeah. Main event will probably be closer to eleven. So that's one fifteen. Um, both guys are five five, and I think Franco has a two inch reach on Maloney. But um, that I mean, here we are, third 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 installment. Um, next fight, also Saturday night. Virgil Ortiz versus Kavalaskis. um Oh man, what is his first name? It's like I I, I-, I can't say, I can't even say it. But Ortiz versus Kavoloski. Mean
1: machine, mean machine, mean machine, mean machine, mean machine, mean machine, mean machine. That's all you gotta know. The mean machine, baby.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's that's Kavoloski's nickname, the mean machine. Yeah, um, this is gonna
1: be a fun fight. I, I'm a. His only mean machine's only losses to Crawford, which yeah, obviously is no no shame in that. But, yeah, exactly. You know, but it's one of the best fighters uh, in the world, if not the last five years. Uh, you got the you got the the tail of the tape on that one.
0: Yes. Um, so there, it's one forty seven. Um, Vir, Virgil Ortiz Jr. is five ten. Mean Machine uh, Ejidus Egy- 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 Kavilaskis is five nine. Ortiz has a 72 inch reach, and the Mean Machine has a 71 inch reach.
1: Alright, it's not terrible. It's, it's it's almost even there.
0: Virgil Ortiz 17 and 0 with 17 knockouts, and Mean Machine 22 and 1. Again, only losses to Bud. Terrence Bud Crawford with 18 knock knockouts. So,
1: yeah, I, I th- for some reason I think this fight's going to be eerily similar to Luke Campbell and Ryan Garcia. Really. Yeah, like I don't think I don't think that me machine. I'm not I like even gonna, that. I'm not even gonna attempt to pronounce his name. Um, <laughs> I I don't think that I don't I'm not, I don't know that he'll drop Ortiz, but I think he'll I think he'll give him a little bit of trouble early on. Not even not even trouble, but I think he's got a lot of power and pop, and I think he's gonna exchange and trade with Ortiz, and I think he's going to stun him a little bit. And you're going to see Ortiz have to kind of uh, collect, collect himself, and then I think he eventually gets the gets the stoppage um, towards the later end of the of the the I think right before the championship rounds. I, I don't think this one goes past nine, but that's kind of how I see it. I just I think that I think the Mean Machine is going to fight in the trenches, uh, which Ortiz Ortiz will love, and I think the way that mean machine fights, I think that plays right into the hands of Ortiz money shots, which are similar to Garcia, just those nasty, violent hooks to the body, man, to the kidneys. Uh, I think that's, I think that's, what's going to get it done. I think he's going to give him just one big kidney shot and that's going to, that's going to put him out.
0: Uh, I agree with you 99%. So okay. um, pretty much exactly how I see the fight going as well. I don't know that he stuns Ortiz. I think more so it's like a, a puzzle that Ortiz has to figure out. So I think Ortiz kind of like tries to figure out the puzzle for like four or five rounds. And then, like you said, somewhere in the sixth, seventh, eighth is where I kind of picture Ortiz just loading up on those body shots and just putting Kevalasquez down. Um
1: you got the uh, you got the Vegas odds open for this one, by any chance?
0: Yeah, and I meant to say that for Maloney too. Um, what's so the I, uh,
1: I, what's the over/under on this one?
0: You know what they they don't they didn't even have them ready oh,
1: yet. I was gonna see how close I was with. But the But or,
0: Ortiz is is minus nine ten, and Caviloska is plus five seventy five. I thought that would have been a little bit closer, quite honestly. Eh, minus nine hundred for Ortiz. Um yeah. And. and and for Franco Maloney, uh, Maloney's minus 175, and Franco's plus 155. So almost, almost a, a coin flip there on those yeah. two.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I just. Uh, wait, isn't? I thought I thought Garcia was, Ortiz's trainer too.
0: Uh, I don't know. You're asking. You're catching me flat-footed here.
1: I felt like he was. That's. That's interesting. I wonder how they they play that one. I have to keep keep an ear out on the broadcast to see if that's a thing. Um, okay, I feel like it is. But anyway, yeah, I think he's just gonna. Again, I just think he's gonna punish him with uh, kidney shot after kidney shot.
0: Yeah, me too. Which is always fun. Yeah. Um, and the tail of the tape on that one is.
1: You gave uh, us. You already gave us the.
0: Oh, did I? Oh, yeah. My bad. You um, I meant, I meant to save head. the time. I meant to <laughs> save the time. It it is on um. The zone. Yeah. Uh, sure. Eight p.m. is the main event time, and 11 p.m. is should be right around when the the main event starts. Um, the main card is 8 p.m. I I don't know. I think I misspoke. Anyway, 8 p.m. main card. 11 p.m. main event. That one. Third fight this weekend, another really fun one. Um, at the 118 level, um, this fight came to be because of Donair kind of just not being able to make things happen, and through negotiations. But it's uh, rigandial versus Casimiro. Um, quite on. What belts are on the line? I don't even know.
1: Uh, uh, I mean, the 118 titles are on the line.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I forget.
1: I've whichever, whichever one, uh, whichever. In a has got two of them, and then Donair's got the other. So I'm not, I'm not sure which one it is. Yeah, I don't even know,
0: Cas. I don't even know if these guys have titles, but it's basically. Oh no, they do. Yeah,
1: yeah. Ka- Casimir's got Casimir
0: has one. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this, this basically sets up the, the lineup for In a Way and Daenerys. Um, but Rigondeaux, is basically going to be a Hall of Famer. He's he's age forty now. Um, Casimiro is explosive. He's age thirty-two. Um, Rigondeaux's pr- only loss really is to Lomachenko, yep. when neither guy could really fight anybody, find anybody to fight them. So they just met at one thirty, which is way above Rigondeaux's weight. Yep. Um, and he was one of the ones that quit in between rounds against no againko no mas um but other than that he's been a spectacular fighter um i yeah, I, I, the, I
1: raised i raised the question on Twitter la- front on the twitter on the Twitter account is, is he the, one of the most under uh underrated fighters of the last 10 years i think he is probably i i'm i'm not
0: super high on him myself like i'm kind of I'm. I, I don't know. Like he, he's a, he's awesome. I get that.
1: Nobody. I mean, nobody will fight him. I mean, there's got to be a reason I, why no one wants to get in the ring with him, right?
0: Yeah. I just kind of feel like he doesn't knock enough people out to be. Well, he's like, the face. He's
1: a Defensive. He's more of a defensive counter. Yeah. Thing.
0: Yeah. He's. He's more. I know. That's the thing. He's more of a style fighter. Um,
1: how do you see? How do you like this one? This is the one I, I'm looking forward to. This fight the bad the most.
0: Um. I think boy, I, I I have a hard time calling this one, not gonna lie. Um I kind of think Rigondeaux takes it on the cards, but Casemiro just throws such just violent bombs. Lot of power. I I could easily see Casemiro knocking Rigundiau out. In like the seventh through tenth rounds, but I also feel like Reggidiel, like Casimiro, opens himself up to get hit like a lot. So I feel like Reggidiel's skill could easily kind of get in there in in the gaps that Casimiro leaves open, yeah, and just outbox him and you know not kind of not get hit with a lot of Casimiro's power and take it deep into the fight. Neither Win by a late a late TKO stoppage or on the cards. So, I, I I'll go with that. But I honestly I I could kind of even even an early knockout wouldn't 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 surprise me or shock me. If huh. I could see anything happening here, I don't I don't know what's what what in the world is gonna happen. But what what how do you think how do you see it?
1: Happening? I'm gonna take Rigondeaux. I uh I think this is one of his last fights. This is kind of like uh it's kind of like a done air situation um you know getting up there in age just a couple more fights to kind of prove what you got and i think to your point yeah like i think casimiro throws a lot of bombs he you know he likes to excite the crowd and i think that rugandao's arguably one of the best defensive counterpunchers um even still in boxing at the age of 40 and i always i mean outside of in a way some of these guys with quote unquote pop at the lesser weights like you can still take a lot of punches um from those kind of guys just because yeah. a lot of the power is not there but I think uh, I think has got got something to prove. I think he wants to just have one one last run, and maybe I just want to see. I re- I guess I should be Casimir in a way is probably the better fight. I guess it'll be more exciting and electric the way their styles are. But I kind of I just want to see Rigondeaux fight him. Um, yeah, I agree with that just because he's so – like it's it's such a clash of
0: he's more controlled i like the cl- – I, like, I, like, I like
1: yeah I like when guys are fight that that the styles they have different styles to see who who dictates the uh who dictates the fight and so that's why I kind of like to see rigan fight in a way but yeah I'm gonna say rigan on the cards i think uh i think he i think he wins a close one and i mean given all the uh Whew, all the all the noise the uh, the WBA and PBC's been getting the last few weeks between Charlo and some of the stuff last weekend, I uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if if we saw some uh, some interesting scorecards in this one when uh, when the bell rings.
0: Yeah. So this one is 10 p.m. Eastern. Rigondeaux versus Casemiro, live on Showtime. Showtime. Um, R- Rigondeaux is. Uh, 57 and a half inch reach versus a smaller Casimiro 54 64 inch reach. Um the odds are
1: You say his name right? Is it, is it is that how he pronounces it? Rig and Rig and DL. DL?
0: I've heard people say Rigendahl, but I, oh. I could be Rigendahl, I don't know. I
1: was just curious.
0: Um Casimiro is favored -225 versus Rigendahl +200. Um so, pretty close, but Casimiro is the is the favorite going in. Yeah. Um, and yeah. which, by the way, um, a little bit overlooked by us, but um, one of the Russell bro- family members, Brothers Clan, is fighting on the undercard of Casimiro, uh, Rigandau. Gary Antonio Russell is a minus two feet, 215 favorite over uh this guy's name is rodriguez right it's like um uh, something rodriguez uh
1: It'd be nice if gary russell jr ever boxed again
0: gary russell jr yeah emmanuel if... rodriguez yeah eighteen and over is nineteen and two yeah and we also uh, we the w b
1: a interim world title oh okay. god interim championships um yeah i was gonna okay. say and on the uh on the ESPN Plus, uh, Maloney Franco, uh, Muhammad Ali's grandson's fighting.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Nick, what's his name? Yeah, yeah. Good call. Uh, no. Which he he's a big favorite, but I I honestly wouldn't even. I I feel like he, that guy's fighting a veteran, right?
1: I I forget who he's fighting, but I think I
0: think it's a late fill-in, um, because they didn't know they like just wanted to get him on there no matter what, and I feel like they put a veteran in there. I remember I forget the names, but I remember reading it being like. Hmm. Wouldn't that be something if, like, you know, he's like the next one, and then he just goes and gets popped by this guy who's been around a while?
1: Could happen. We've seen it before here.
0: Yeah. All right. So that is the that's the weekend coming up, um, and I think that about covers the boxing world. Lot. I
1: guess. I got. I got. How do we? I guess I can watch one on the TV. One on an iPad and one on my phone. Oh, this is going to suck.
0: Yeah, this this just got a lot more challenging in my household with the lightning taking out both my cable box and my TV. So, <laughs> I got to see if I got to see if Verizon could get me back up and running by Saturday night, but let's hope so. I might have to I might be on like the the smart TV in the basement and then like I don't know, a laptop or something. I don't know what the heck I'm going to do, but yeah, we got three fights. We'll be flipping back and forth, getting getting this going. We're gonna have to figure out how to tweet the cards. Oh, oh baby!
1: Well, one you'll have to take one. I'll have to take one. Yeah. Maybe George. Yes. Maybe George will take one.
0: Georgie Bear. Yeah. Oh man, it's gonna be good stuff. I'm digging it. All right. Um, other than boxing this week, uh, the Field of Dreams game was tonight. Um Super out, cool. out, out in the middle of Iowa, Yankees versus versus White Sox. Is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. <laughs> um, so cool. Uh, it it I see here. I I didn't have again. My friggin' TV got hit by lightning. So, yeah. said so the Yankees scored four to yeah. take the lead in the top of the ninth, and then the White Sox came back and won in the bottom nine
1: home, eight. Yeah, home run. You you a walk off home run. Yeah, you realize how awful you are. Ever since you started raving about the uh, the White Sox trading to make their bullpen even more lethal, they've just been blowing leads in the bullpen. <laughs> I, I've seen that. I, I <laughs> it just know. happened again tonight. I, I That know, had like, to have been that had to have been Kim Kimbrel too.
0: They 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 must have like just such hubris that they are just. Uh, no, it was it was Liam Hendricks, their 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 main man, the dude they paid all that money to. Uh geez. Um, he he let up four earned runs. Um but they came back in one form Tim Tim uh, Anderson the shortstop walk-off homer um John Carlo hit a homer as Aaron Judge hit two of them I'll tell you what man like Yeah,
1: the, uh, were these all I'm try, I was trying to say were a lot of a lot of homers to write out there ball was flying well
0: Yeah, so if you didn't see it um it's exactly what you would think. The field just pops up in the middle of a cornfield uh they actually used the site of the field and the house in the movie and then in the outfield where the, all the corn stalks were they made a giant corn maze in the shape of the MLB logo so, and so then on the other side of the maze adjacent to where the field the original field was is where they built the major league field and again it's just in the middle there's just right at the fence uh, the home run fence there is corn stalks that are like 10 feet tall, right there. And they have uh, stands along both baselines and none in the outfield. So it was so cool. Uh, you know, they, the pregame was great. I uh, watched a lot of the pregame. Uh, and then they were, they were talking to Costner and everything. And then for the starting lineups, Kevin Costner comes walking out of the corn. Oh, so in, awesome. in, in, into the outfield, and he's kind of meandering, and I'm like, I'm texting you and the boys. I'm like, he's kind of milking this. Like, what, what's going on? Just go throw the first pitch, and the the Field of Dreams music's playing, and and then he just turns and like looks over his shoulder, and sure enough, like the teams themselves like come walking out of the corn and to like shake his hand, and I'm like, it was the coolest. Like, I had chills. Uh, I I like. I started to I started to get tears in my eyes just thinking about like fields you grow up playing on man like out in the middle of nowhere I played on fields where there was corn and cows like beyond the fence played on fields where there was no fence you know and you just think like it's summertime it's august you're hot and sweaty you're you're out there cuz you love love playing and it's just you know, a baseball field and it, it is, it's a field and they were playing in a friggin' cornfield and it was you know, they had the old style uniforms. Everything about it I, I was just digging so much. It was so well done. Yeah. Um I, I and like I said, it was it like brought a tear to my eye. I, I thought it was so cool. And then the game itself was wildly entertaining. Um you know. Even the
1: even the weather made it, it seem like so cool and so nostalgic. Like it, yeah. like it was like this cool like August, and maybe because it's like been hundred degrees everywhere I've gone the last two weeks, but it just seemed like it had this like great atmosphere. The lights, the pageantries, the whole the whole thing was awesome. Uniforms, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I really I, the players coming out of the cornfield was awesome. Um, I'm really glad they did that. That was super cool. The only thing I would have done differently, I said, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even have had a fence in there. I would have just played it played played it to the corn if the uh if a ball goes out there into the corn hus just a automatic double or let the guy run run through the run through the corn to try to get it I uh, would have been so cool um
0: yeah or if it if it hits the corn on the fly it's a homer if it rolls in it's a double i yeah. I have been down for that I mean yeah
1: hopefully they we were saying hopefully they they use this and it's not just like gonna get torn down now what is this too crazy like why not have the All Star Game there every year?
0: Yeah, that's what I said. Like, put the All Star Game there. That's- I guess the.
1: I mean, I guess the downside is they have. So- you want you want to put it in a city where you can have all the extras and all the other all stuff the extras bring, and the home run yeah, derby and everything in, to bring in more revenue. Which I think that place held. I think it held eight thousand fans. I think that's what they were something saying. like.
0: I couldn't tell if they said eight or eighteen, but yeah, it was it was. I think, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a lower number. Yeah, yeah, it definitely
1: wasn't eighteen. Um, I think it was eight thousand. So you're, yeah, that seems right. So yeah, you're missing out on some revenue, but I mean that was I mean it was cool. Hopefully, hopefully we get you know. I was saying they should have uh maybe every maybe every team. Throughout the season, plays a the game there. That would like, be and, cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously, or you're at not least gonna, once a year. Like, yeah, like I, do something. Like yeah. it's so, it was so cool. Um, you're not gonna have that same nostalgia every time, like with Costner out there and all the, you know, all the field of dream ish things. But like, it's still a cool stadium and a cool thing to watch. Get the throwback uniforms. going. It was the
0: first major league game ever in the state of Iowa. Like, yeah. Iowa, they don't have professional sports out there. Like that, that's just, you know, it's like, you know, uh, I was talking with someone earlier today. It's like the NFL is, is, or even Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball played a game in friggin' Australia before they played a game in friggin' Iowa a couple years ago. Remember when they started the season in Australia? Yeah. The games counted, yeah. and it was like the beginning of spring training. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, come on, man. It's Iowa, like center of America, corn and what? What's the line? Uh, Apple pie, hot dogs, and Chevy, or whatever. <laughs> but, uh.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, man. Because I think they should do something with it. It was, uh, like I said, it was a really cool. Kev- game. Kevin
0: Costner said in the pregame, he said, he's like, look, what are you going to do? Plant a bunch of corn where we just put this field? It's going to be worth 10 cents. Yeah. Like, th- like that amount of, like a bushel of corn, or like half a bushel, or whatever.
1: Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, we were joking. Uh, we look terrible at 36. Kevin Costner looks like a fucking rock star at the age of 66. It's ridiculous. I, I
0: know. He looks so good. And uh. Like you were saying how people, you know, like bash his acting and I'm like
1: Hell. I don't <laughs> get it. I just don't get it. Ow.
0: Like he's he's the he'd be perfect for the Two Beers Pod cuz he is the true every man. Like he's just like a good-looking, normal-looking guy, normal That's what I said. His voice is like I don't even know. It's not raspy or overly deep or like it's just it's kind of rich but like he's just it's normal cool, but iconic cool, and a cool like, dude
1: yeah i uh, i really enjoyed the story told i don't know if you caught it or were listening but where they were talking about the scene where he's doing batting practice with joe with with shoeless joe in yeah the, uh in there and he was the the script wrote it so that the first hit to joe to to, to, to what do you call it to joe jackson he uh He's supposed to just swing and a miss and Costner's talking to the director and he's like, yeah, you know how hard it is to like try to miss something on purpose? He's like, he's like, I guess because Costner's an athlete, he's like, he's like, let me, I, I, I can, I can do this thing where I can hit, I can hit the ball low and it'll just dribble out off of the whole plate. It'll be even more embarrassing. They'll have to go walk out there and get the ball. And he's like, "All right, let me see." And then he did it, and that's what they kept in the movie. I just thought that was so like cool how it's like he had to be basically audible to so he wouldn't swing and miss, and he like had the talent to just like hit that like dribble off the top of his bat. So yeah,
0: I mean, you could swing and miss and make it look terrible, but to swing it and miss and make it look believable, like on a ball in the strike zone, is like, I guess you you have to like really manipulate your swing. Um, Yeah, I,
1: I I just thought it was a funny story.
0: Yeah, and and what was I forget what else he was saying, but basically like they had to get all the locals with their lights out there and he's like he's like, "Look, you know, we we were on a budget." He's like, "The choppers here today. We got to film this now." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um he was saying he was under the gun on a lot of a lot of those like, yeah, like parts of the game. He's like he's like, "You have to make that throw." You know, he's like, "That's that's that's pressure like a game or whatever." Yeah. So the, the which a Rod and the big hurt and them were, they were, they appreciated that. They got a kick out of that. But
1: yeah, it was, it was fun. Yeah, it was cool. It was a good Thursday night. Uh, sporting event
0: I'm, I'm the thing that amazes me too is that like they're not doing the whole series there they're playing one game they have tomorrow off to travel back to white uh, uh chicago and then they're gonna finish the series saturday sunday yeah why not
1: play the whole series there like just yeah.
0: <laughs> one game you're gonna truck everyone out to iowa I, I, that was kind of strange to me but whatever
1: yeah i mean i guess just to make it feel more special but i don't know, uh, you know maybe that so I, i'll be curious well I can't. I can never find the ratings, but I'll be curious to see what uh, what the numbers are if they if they show those today or tomorrow.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I mean, we were tuned in until lightning struck, but um, yeah. it was cool. It was cool. Good. It was a big big win for MLB, which they don't get a lot of them. So, um, sure don't. Speak, hey, uh, let, I just want to drop this line too. Consider, like I said, you know, they don't get a lot of wins. Um. So yesterday. Uh, Adam Wainwright pitched a complete game shutout against the Pirates, four nothing. He pulled a, the Maddox. He only threw eighty-eight pitches in the hmm. complete game shutout.
1: And he's like forty now,
0: right? He's he's thirty-nine. Drew, he's top twenty in ERA. It's 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 it's, it's, it's amazing. Insane. Drew, the Jordan. game lasted two hours and fifty-two minutes. Wow! How it was four nothing, and the guy threw eighty-eight pitches for a shutout. Brilliant. how did it go almost three hours i don't know so anyway i just wanted to, again but hey field of dreams was awesome so not i can't can't take away from that
1: can I, can I baseball tonight
0: um last note here on beer one um the olympics came to an end they did the USA on on the last day did sneak ahead of China in the overall gold medals by one, uh, the, right? By by one, I think it was thirty nine thirty eight, and the USA did have the most medals. So, um, it was that's something I had my eye on. I don't know if anybody even cares about that anymore, but it did happen. Um, but yeah, Team USA won gold, um, and uh, it was. I, they were not well coached in that game, and they basically just kind of <laughs> won by will. I'd say.
1: Guys, remember the remember the be smart speech. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we weren't smart.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, listen, I, I. After the first loss, usually I I I'm a big panicker, but I I felt like they were going to win gold. I thought they again they had enough talent to do it. Um, France France got to a little early lead. Um, and then USA went ahead and it, they had a bunch of opportunities where they were up like 11, 12 and it seemed like they were going to blow the game out of the water and they just couldn't, they just played. St- yeah. Like you said, they played stupid and then France would hit a couple threes. They'd get it down to seven, stretch it back to 11, kind of one of those games. Um, Durant was again just absolutely sensational 29 points. He's his goal. I think he's I think he's pretty much had 30 point games in every gold medal game he's been in. So 2012, 2016 and now 2020, 2021. Um yeah, 1 point shi- points, yeah, yeah, I would say 1 point shy of that. Uh, but he's just been he was awesome. Tatum Tatum when they needed a second guy to score, Tatum had a big game. I think he had 21 off the bench. And uh, Lillard, who did not have a great Olympics, um, but that yeah you know, story came out that he's been dealing with a abdominal injury, I guess throughout. Well, yeah, take that for what you want. Uh, but he had a couple of big threes when France was uh, was making making some moves. So so he played really well. I will say too, this was like the first I was kind of the, the most disappointed I was in somebody was my boy Bam. Um, because he wasn't very good in the Olympics, but, man, he was he was everywhere in this gold medal game defensively. Yeah. Especially in the first half. Well, it was funny. I, I was thinking it, and then you texted it to me, like, dude, Bam, Bam is everywhere. I was like, yeah, it's the first time you really, like, felt his presence in any of these games. Which I wouldn't
0: know because I wasn't watching him on the friggin' app. This was the yeah. first game they played on, on cable. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, it's so a good win. Uh, France, it, it got interesting down the end. Like, France was... Yeah. I think they were only down three, and for some reason, Fournier decided with, like, 36 seconds left. Oh, I know. Yeah, for some reason, Fournier decided to basically, like, chuck up, like... Chuck
0: it as soon as he crossed half court. It was like, what are you doing?
1: you, You have at least two more possessions. Like, what... It was mind blowing. I was like, What are you what are you doing, bro? He's uh he's just uh, he's just living drunk off that eighty million dollar contract and Yeah, it's him. like
0: in video games where you just come across half court and start mashing the buttons and it's just like he just like flung it.
1: Yeah, and I again just joking about the get smart or the be smart speech, like I felt like Durant didn't even touch the ball in the fourth quarter and he was by far the best yeah. player. I felt like he wasn't even getting the rock. I'm like, can you guys just give Kevin Durant the frigging ball already and just let him go to work?
0: Even the entire game, um, you said, you know, like Tatum stepped up when they needed a score. But honestly, that was just kind of random because they were all trying and they were all missing. And they were all getting terrible shots because there was – it felt like I was watching AAU. And and it was just like kind of like a bunch of every man for himself, like, oh, we could do some picks here maybe, or like maybe a guy cuts, but like – there was no, hey, Kevin Durant and Dame Lillard, you guys do a two-man game over on the side. We're trying to isolate such and such defender over here because he's very weak, yeah, and we have a six-inch advantage, so we're gonna isolate him. And like, there was no actual, like, basketball thought behind anything they were doing, and it's like, what? You're just running around. What are you doing? <laughs> Like it was just so hope, frustrating. Just, like just you don't, like this. Doesn't game. have to be a seven-point game. Like you could yeah. be up like twenty-three. Like it was. It was weird. It was not fun to watch. It's, even though they won and like, you know, were are hustling, but it was it was just low IQ basketball.
1: Yep. So, but yeah, Durant Durant's got his third gold medal now. So him and Carmelo, I think, are the only men's U.S. guys with three gold medals. Um. So we'll see. Uh. We'll, we'll see who's Did playing. you watch any of the women's? I did, yeah. I mean,
0: I watched like the first first maybe like 10 minutes or so. Is that the best women's team ever assembled? The best women starting five?
1: I can't remember who was on the team in 2012, but Candace Candace Parker's so good like when she was on the teams. I got to yeah. imagine I I think her and Miami. I have boy, to go back and was. look. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's. Th- this
0: one was what Swin Cash, who I was surprised she was still around. Um, Suber
1: was still there. Tarazi, uh, yeah, Suber Tarazi,
0: yeah, Brittany, uh, what's her name, and Vaynerch, um, yeah. and uh, what's the other girl's name? Like a uh, Syka Fox or Akisa uh, uh, Fox? I yeah, I
1: forget, but
0: I, I forget the other girl's name. I, I just remember looking at that roster and I was like. My gosh, like <laughs> oh yeah, there well, was. was so much talent, and they it was like on display like very early, and well, they, they, they got up by ten early, and I was like this is this is gonna be a route I'm yeah,
1: I'm out. Uh, it's cool Don Staley's the coach, um who won you know, she's an Olympic medalist herself. There was a great shot of like Tarassi just holding the ball up in the air with like one hand while one of the uh was it was it uh was it Japan they played or China?
0: I don't even remember, I just remember thinking like, yeah. Like they, they don't have either way game. the girl,
1: the, the, the defender came up to like her like belly button and she was just standing there like with the ball, like all up in the air, like smirking. It was kind of funny. So, but yeah, that's there. I think seven consecutive gold medals, I think for the women's, uh, USA basketball team. So pretty, pretty awesome stuff there uh, all around. So the only, the only guys that didn't bring home the goal were our, uh, our boxing guys, Keyshawn Davis and, uh, and Torres they both brought home silver.
0: Yeah, good point. We did want to bring that up in the boxing segment. It was uh yeah. Keish- got beat by Cruz for the fourth time.
1: By basically a punch.
0: Yeah, a it was very punch. close. It was a split decision. Um, you know we you to do, but
1: Yeah, Torres just got just got beat, unfortunately. So it's a little questionable officiating in that one, but I don't think it ultimately changed the outcome of that fight. So I figured we just talked about it in the Olympics, so I didn't I didn't interrupt our boxing flow.
0: Hey, speaking about this, speaking of this too, um, the other the other uh, boxing news that we totally didn't touch on was was the big uh, controversy.
1: Oh, the uh, I, I I don't really know anyone's names involved, so that's why I skipped over it.
0: Yeah, I mean, we only, basically there was a giant controversy about uh, this guy basically got knocked down like three times, and the judges awarded him the victory, and it was. Again, just why boxing sucks, but you you can Google that one. Yes. Anyway, Google me on the go- Google machine. All right, beer two. Are we ready?
1: Uh, I'm as ready as you are, bro. All right, three, two, one. Oh God.
0: Oh, good sleep. <sighs> yeah. Thank you. Um, again, just drinking what I got in there, Miller High Life in a can. Um, because I didn't want to go out in the storm. Um, what do you got? Oh, you uh, got the coffee still? Yeah.
1: There's no way I'm giving it a walk to the fridge at this point. Or I could, but I'll you know, I'll be back next week for I'll be back by the time next week's pod starts.
0: Yeah. I mean you have a bad back. Bad lower back. Bad lower uh, back. Other than that. My man will do some things in the bedroom that blow your mind. Phew! movie stuff. What movie is that from? I think it's uh, Anchorman, right?
1: I thought, yeah, that's why I was thinking. I was like, wait a minute, is it not Anchorman?
0: No, I think it's Ron Burgundy that says that.
1: Yeah, well, the bad lower back is definitely Anchorman. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's the line. Anyway, yeah, I agree. Okay,
1: so speaking of movies.
0: Here, piggy, piggy, piggy. Jesus, this was Here, something. Here, piggy, piggy. sue Um. Yeah, we did it. We watched Pig with Nicolas Cage. It was what seven bucks to rent.
1: Uh, yes, seven dollars. I Finally, rented only, mine on man.
0: Prime. Yeah.
1: uh mine was something weird, man. It was like called Delta, or I. It was. It was weird. I like. I was. I almost thought I was getting catfished by something. Yeah.
0: Uh, you may have. You, you I, may I owe, mean, you I, may owe a Nigerian prince seven thousand dollars.
1: I certainly would like to get my money back, but that's neither here nor there.
0: Oh, oh, okay, okay.
1: Uh, no, nah, I'm kidding. Go I, ahead,
0: go ahead. Tell us your thoughts. Tell us your thoughts.
1: Uh, I, I would, Well, I I have a long list of notes that I'd like to read here. Okay, uh, sure. Should we do? All right. So non spoiler. We talked about this a few weeks ago. We were talking about trailers. Yeah. But, so Nick Nicholas Cage is a ex chef who is living in seclusion in the backwoods of I guess Portland. Portland, oh, yeah, Oregon, Oregon. Yep. Uh, with a truffle pig. And his basically all he does is search the forest for truffles and then sells them to a ingredients uh, I don't know what he would call him, handler.
0: Uh, he has a buyer that takes in the market,
1: yeah, buyer that takes in the market uh somebody steals his pig and beats the living shit out of him, and the rest of the movie is basically him venturing back into the city and the what apparently is the grimy underworld of the cooking uh industry and trying to get his pig back,
0: yeah, well said for a non spoiler yeah. That's it.
1: So that's the non-spoiler. So I'm just gonna read my notes.
0: Sure. Is this stream of consciousness like as the movie was going on?
1: Yeah. So. Oh baby. You've J- Jo's got way more concise notes on this thing, so he's gonna give you the full thing. But here's my, here's just my stream of thought of this movie. Nick Cage keeps walking around in filthy long underwear. <laughs> There's burglars. Maybe try better security, question mark. Maybe a gun. I mean, there's coyotes out there that could eat your pig.
0: <laughs> That's true.
1: If you want your supply, I need my pig. I don't fuck my pig. <laughs> which I forgot was, about that. Which I, I... Dude, there were so many influences of Silicon Valley in this one. I forgot what the other one was, but that was totally a... So he fucks that robot, right? That's totally what that, that line Oh, I didn't, I didn't even catch that. Uh. Chef Fight Club. Twenty eight minutes into the movie, laugh my ass off. Oh my god! Like this is really Chef Fight Club. Nicholas Cage just getting pounded in the face. <laughs> he loses and still gets his information. What the f kind of Fight Club is this?
0: Yeah. So basically, it's just like he just signs himself. What? I guess. What? What is it? So someone signs up to let themselves get pummeled by other chefs and then they pay the ringleader whoever that ringleader is and so nicolas cage like made that ringleader a bunch of money so some some random jobber low life moron the guy the guy looked like a total twerp total dweeb and he was pummeling nicolas cage in the face and so nicolas cage got a name so he could continue tracking down his his pig that was his reward for getting punched in the face repeatedly
1: uh, just I at that point I was just like Is this like one of those mashup movies? Like are they just mashing up um the movie Chef with uh what's his name? What's his name from Swingers? Um Who's the creator who's Vince who's Vaughn's Sidekick and uh in, in Swingers the Actor? Favreau? Yeah, is this just like a a mishmash of Favreau's movie Chef and Fight Club is that we are watching? Any hoodles. Uh Yeah, you,
0: you said who are the two chefs you said are they just like <laughs> like Emerald here Oh uh, like yeah that's right
1: yeah so are like is this is this real like are 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 Emerald and uh and Bobby and Bobby Flay are they just are they just are they just in some under <laughs> underground of, Are They in some underground abandoned kitchen right now just beating the shit out of each other like is that happening Guy Fieri versus Gordon Yeah Ramsey. Guy Fieri she's just yelling bam right now every time he just like like, like hits uh hits him in the face uh, <laughs> Gordon uh, Ramsay's
0: just cussing people
1: out Oh my god um
0: my favorite chef of all time was Paul Prudhomme. Have you ever seen him?
1: Is that the guy from uh, Ratatouille? No, he was
0: like, he he just he used a t- he was like a Cajun chef, and he just kept getting like larger and larger because he used a ton of butter, to the point where he just had to sit through the entire cook. Uh, I mean, he passed away years ago, but he was good. Anyway, continue.
1: Uh. Long thought monologue between Nicolas Cage and his handler about family problems, followed by "You should use stale bread for the French toast." Uh, randomly true. roll, yeah. Uh, you said true. Uh, yeah. Randomly rolls up to his old house and starts hanging out with a seven-year-old, <laughs> a seven-year-old boy, on the porch, still covered in blood everywhere in his long underwear. No parents, no concerns. <laughs> Where the fuck am I right now? Followed by, oh, wait, still no shower.
0: Yeah, he's walking around the entire movie just all bloody, like from from getting his butt kicked or, originally, then like when he got his pig stolen, then when he was in Chef Fight Club, like never seeks me- – and multiple people are like, do you need medical attention? And he that goes, is my
1: That is know. my next line. <laughs> do you need medical attention, sir? It's great.
0: Uh
1: Nick Cage randomly just starts kicking kicking car door until he gets what he wants. LOL. <laughs> Steals bike. Laughing face, laughing face, laughing face. Still hasn't even washed his face. Thought you might need a ride. I have a bike. Uh cook <laughs> cooks dinner for cooks dinner to barter for pig. Still hasn't washed face or blood off of him, but at least he at least he washed his hands before cooking. <laughs> the pig died. No. Schroeder's cat. Writers cruelly watched Sil- Silicon Valley because uh, of that scene where he's basically like, "Well, yep. Oh, I got it in my notes. Yep. If I didn't go looking for the pig, she'd still be alive." Uh, concluded by finally wash his face. <laughs> That is my random stream of consciousness on the movie Pig.
0: So, we take it you didn't really like it.
1: Uh, like, it was fine. Like, I, like, didn't hate it. I just was kind of like, everything's really, everything's really well done. Like, the acting's really good. Like, the parts of the words in scenes were good. It just was like, so... What kind of acid was this guy taking when he decided to make this movie about loss and how, you know, material things in the world don't matter, but like tied it in with a truffle pig? Like what, <laughs> what? like what kind of drugs are you taking? That that's that's what you came up with? So, Shrooms, obviously. Obviously. Um, Alright. So I
0: went all high school and I typed up I typed it. up a two and a half page paper on this. Oh, and you're all you're all gonna hear it.
1: I can't I can't wait.
0: Alright. You ready for this? Oh yeah. Ruffle the notes. When we meet the main character of Pig, Rob, he is a disheveled man living off the grid in the woods with his pet pig who happens to be a truffle-finding pig. The truffles are worth their weight in gold in the high-end food market, so the pig is very valuable. Shortly into the movie, the pig is violently stolen from Rob and the plot to find his beloved pet via the contacts of his buyer, Amir, is set in motion. As I watched the movie, I kept expecting Nicolas Cage to turn into John Wick and start kicking ass at any minute, but that never really materializes. As the plot unfolds, we find out that Rob is a former elite chef in the high-end Portland food scene, and that he holds legendary status in the industry and is revered by all. He hasn't been seen for 15 years, and many assume that he's dead. The longer the movie goes and the closer Nick Cage slash Rob gets to finding his pig, I kept expecting to be uh, closer to the part where Rob turns into John Wick. But we come to find out is that Rob has lost his dear wife, uh, that he has an eidetic memory and he remembers every meal he's ever cooked and every customer he's ever served, and that he's more of a wise old Yoda than he is a John Wick. Nick Cage finally closes in on the whereabouts of the pig, and the last known spot is at the house of the kingpin of the elite restaurant circuit, who also happens to be Amir's dad. Amir's dad intimidates, bullies, and threatens Nick Cage to leave his house or else. We find out that Amir's mother is brain dead on a ventilator and that Amir's dad, the Kingpin, never even bothers to check on her anymore because their marriage was already struggling. The Kingpin is really made out to be ruthless recluse shutting himself off from others. Nick Cage decides that he is going to make the Kingpin a meal. It just so happens that Rob had made this exact meal for the Kingpin and his wife for one of their anniversaries in the hospital. Oh, shoot, battery running low. Um, which was one of their last fond memories together before their marriage soured and she ended up in the hospital. As the kingpin silently eats the meal, the, f- the food and the wine trigger his memory of that night, and all of a sudden he is overcome with emotion. Um, he breaks down into tears and reveals to Nick Cage that, yes, he did try and steal the pig, But by the time the pig got to him, the pig was severely injured and eventually died. Rob is devastated, falls to his knees, and is inconsolable. Without saying as much, Rob decides that he needs to move on and move past his loss. He agrees to continue the truffle sales with Amir as it was revealed shortly before the climax of the movie that Rob doesn't even really need the pig to find the truffles. He just loved the pig. Through the dialogue with others, Rob imparts many life lessons and simple truths that that are the redeeming takeaways of the movie, including 1. Elite societal circles are fake echo chambers of themselves. Don't strive to make others happy simply because it's the in thing at the time. Do what makes you happy. 2. Rob had emotionally shut himself out from others, except his pig. Seeing Amir's father do the same thing, although more destructively, reminded him, and us, that we shouldn't run from our grief and turn into a lesser version of ourselves. 3. There's a line where Nick Cage says, and this is what we talked about before, I wish I hadn't come looking for her because then at least in my mind she'd still be alive. And Amir answers him, yeah, but she'd still be dead. Nick Cage agrees that Amir is right. I love this because it harkens to the whole Schrodinger's cat thing where both possibilities could be true. For me, and apparently the writers of this movie, that's BS. Regardless if you know the truth or not, the truth isn't changed. The pig was dead regardless if Nick Cage knew about it or not. So knowing the truth became more useful because Nick Cage could deal with his loss and move on and become a better version of himself um food is and number four food is a powerful for many people myself i'm a foodie and some of my most favorite memories are sitting in a restaurant and slamming chicken wings and brews with friends one time in high school six of us ate 150 wings which is a lifelong memory wow the scene where amir's father breaks down from eating the delicious meal he shared with his wife hits a nerve with any foodie out there and brings out a rawness that maybe you didn't even realize is there my criticisms of the movie the whole chef fight club thing was absolutely <laughs> bizarre i don't even know how to explain it or dismiss it
1: the best is when you i watched it first so like the best is when i we joked about it you're like well i can't wait i can't wait for the payoff of this and i'm just sitting there i'm like Well, not going to be one, pal.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And uh, Amir's dad basically being the mafioso of the Portland restaurant scene was just kind of a silly and bizarre character. Like, they could have made him a more believable character. Uh, Three, the scene where Nick Cage collapses in tears, the camera was extremely shaky. Like... I think they were trying to do it freehand to capture just like like the dizziness of his emotions. Yeah, that's but what I like thought. it was beyond that. It was bad. Like they needed to like mount it or something a little bit better. Uh, in conclusion, I'd say the movie is perfect for film school studies, showing how characters can be built through subtlety instead of with constant bravioso. Uh, I liken it to a Van Gogh painting or a Rorschach. Uh, it asks you to look at things from multiple angles, but also invites you to fill in the negative spaces yourself. Overall, I really liked Pig. I thought Nick Cage did a really nice job playing a more subdued character. And I always find it more refreshing you know, of an, to find an original story, something that isn't a remake of Star Wars, a remake of a superhero. John Wick going on a violent, vengeance-enraged, fueled uh, tale and just being badass caricatures of themselves. Uh, it reminded me a bit of Crazy Heart with Jeff Bridges, You know, kind of a, uh, a character piece where the protagonist, beginning, middle, and then the protagonist learns something along the way, uh, but with a slightly more bizarre Nick Cage backdrop. Uh, it was just about a man who loved his pig and was working through his emotions, and it was sweet. That's
1: my notes. Well done, sir. Well done. Went all
0: high school on that.
1: Uh, that's good, it was quite quite the review, my man. I enjoyed it, yeah, um, so
0: we're gonna get to the two brew review system.
1: let's do it.
0: I um, me get my notes, which by the way, as I was reading that, one, my laptop almost went out of battery two uh I didn't do the um, NASCAR pit stop, and we didn't do the parlay, so we gotta do that
1: I just oh, I just assumed there was no uh pit stop this week, I thought maybe they were on another hiatus.
0: nope, nope, they're back we'll 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 sneak it in at the end. Um okay, let me get to my notes and then we'll, we'll uh your, uh da, 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 da. no, no wrong thing. Okay, okay. Um pig acting. What you got, Drew?
1: Give it a 3. I thought everybody Wow. Was. I thought it, I like I said I thought everybody was great that. It. it just it was so disjointed. Um I gave it a 2.25.
0: Okay. I I thought Um, Nick Cage was good, but, like, there wasn't, uh, like, a lot of range. He just kind of, like, stumbled his way through it, which was the character, but, like, didn't really provide a lot of chance for a range of acting. And, like, the supporting characters, I thought, were... Amir's dad, I thought, was decent. And I thought he was particularly good in the scene where he ate the meal and, like, kind of broke down. But, like, Amir himself, I thought, was just kind of, like, meh.
1: Okay
0: writing give it a two see i gave it a 2.75 i thought the writing was again i i i like i said i more of the van gogh rorschach thing going on i, yes. I kind of liked where they didn't pummel you with like hey this is the way we want you to view this like they kind of left it open for you to be like put your emotions in there and like they left room for you to put your emotions in there I thought I kind of like that part
1: okay
0: plot this could be wildly different answers one and a half yeah I, I can't argue with that I had 2.25 Um, it's just bizarre
1: yeah the uh yeah 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 <laughs> I was gonna say whether it's the writing or the plot. I just I still can't get over in 2021 uh, a bloodied, filthy guy in his long underwear sitting on a a porch with a seven year old boy and not getting hauled off by the police. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's still sticking in my craw a little bit. Oh my gosh! <laughs> talking about talking about orange trees or nectar trees, whatever the fuck whatever tree they were. Was. Yeah, yeah, whatever that tree was.
0: Feel slash genre. Uh, what'd you give it?
1: 2. I don't even know what the genre was, but I guess, I don't know. I guess it was Yeah. Cool. It was a character piece.
0: Um I'd say I gave it a 2 as well. I think it achieved what they were going for, but it was just kind of like it just kind of like set you off just because it was about the weird pig. And like not even the pig itself, but like he like you said, he's just walking around disheveled, dirty, bloody the whole time and just kind of grunting his way through it a little bit. And it was like yeah. Yeah, rewatch yeah. A, rewatchability. I gave it a point nine. <laughs> nice. I gave it a one.
1: Like I, I just, I don't know, I don't know why I would ever need to watch it again.
0: Yeah, no, there's no reason to ever watch it again. So, so mine came out to ten point two five.
1: Mine was uh, nine point four.
0: Yeah, so so
1: nine point eight is our total. Yeah, nine point eight.
0: Yeah, which is higher than what you might expect going into this movie, Pig. But
1: yeah, I'd still recommend. I mean, I for a one a one time watch. I mean, it's like I said, it's I think Cage is good in it. I think it's good acting. It's you know, to your point with the emotions and putting yourself in it. It's good. It just like
0: it's perfect for film school. Like there's a lot of film school. If you're if you're yeah if
1: you're if you're a film a filmy like I guess is that a word like you're a foodie like a filmie it should it should be yeah then you'll I think you'll dig it um if you're going into that thinking that you're watching the next John, John Wick, Wick. Yeah. Like I like I fully anticipated this to be the new John Wick series Me too. but yeah. like but like every movie Nick Cage was going to be like where's my horse where's my sheep where's <laughs> my what insert whatever ridiculous farm animal you want <laughs> I just I thought that's what this was going to be and I so I just you know I was completely off base, um, but maybe it's maybe it's the movie that gets Nicky Cage back into the uh, the A side of movies instead of the D side.
0: I hope so. Which, speaking of which, he was in that. You you sent me that that uh, preview. Ghost
1: um, so, Town, or what is it called? I already, I already forgot what it's called again.
0: Uh yeah, little little two brew preview review. Um, oh shoot, where'd it go? It TM. is. TM, yeah. It is called The Prisoners of the Ghost Land.
1: Basically, it seems like a post-apocalyptic movie where uh, somebody somebody running a town... Uh, Some daughter, kind of weird
0: cowboy guy. Yeah, his
1: daughter gets taken to ghost town and he straps a bunch of bombs to Nicolas Cage and tells him to go find her or else he's going to blow his balls off. Basically, that's what I got from the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically the 2021 version of Escape from New York, with Kurt Russell.
0: Yeah, it has kind of has like a Mad Max vibe. Um, yeah, it's it's good. It's a good uh, explanation. Like so. it's a lot of dustiness, and I don't. There's the thing that threw me off is like the cowboy is in like pure white, and he's running the town, but like everyone else in the town is Asian, except for him. So like I don't know where they are in the world. Yeah. Uh, and then then you got Nick Cage, and Nick Cage has to go into Ghostland and get this guy's daughter, or else, in X amount of time, the the little pods of explosives on Nick Cage's leather jacket and suit are gonna blow up. So. And and like, they oversell it very much to the point where like. Craziest effing movie I've ever written. And it's just, like that's like popping up in the review, like in the preview, like the whole time. And it's just like, I, I couldn't uh, okay. go back
1: to find it, but it was like it's supposed to, it said something about orgasmic atmosphere. I was like, all right, there we go.
0: Yeah. Nick Cage said it's the wildest movie he's ever done. So I love,
1: I love how you said like dusty when like they're in the desert. Yeah. It's like, I yeah, don't... well, they're in the desert, bro. Like sand, dirt.
0: Okay, sorry. They were it was a deserty scene, more more so than dusty. Yeah, that's better. Um, okay. So, that's it for beer 2 and our oversight on, I apologize everyone. I was friggin' shook from my house getting struck by lightning and I totally forgot to make notes about the pit stop and the parlay here. That's so all right, man. Let's Listen. just go out of order. And you, between uh... between Drew's back seizing up like like a bucket of cement and my house getting struck by lightning. We were, we were all out of sorts today, but um, let me get my notes up here and let's just do it real quick. Doing it and doing it and doing, doing it, well. it well. Um. Okay, I got I got my notes for the pit stop.
1: All righty. And
0: go. Watkins Glen Road Course Western New York. It was beautiful. I love watching that race. Great racing early on. Uh, And even after Kyle Larson dirtily took the lead away from uh, Christopher Bell, uh, it was still an aesthetically pleasing race to watch. The bus stop, the carousel. I love that race. This week, we're at Indy. The road course, 14 turns, 2.4 miles. A lot of people are kind of put off by this because they're used to seeing the iconic Brickyard 400. Kyle Busch came out and said that, you know, like, hey, this isn't the real Indy. So I agree with that. Like, this isn't the real Indy, but it's going to be the road course. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, Our picks this week are going to be Chase Elliott at plus 200, Larson at plus 325, Bush at plus eleven hundred and Austin Sindrick at plus two thousand. Done.
1: Fifty seconds. There you go.
0: Yeah. Um, and so for the parlay, we won last week. We we're up to like a hundred and four dollars. Um. On uh, for for this upcoming bet. So how do we want to play this for tomorrow? <sighs>
1: I feel like we should take Ortiz. I feel like that should be one of our plays here. Okay.
0: And I'm going to pick the Brewers. Yes, I was
1: going to say. That was actually my baseball pick, the Brewers.
0: Now, over the Pirates. Now, I will say that the Brewers aren't throwing their best guy, but the The Pirates. Pirates They've spurned
1: us here a few times, the Pirates. Yeah,
0: so you're going to go with, Ortiz is like minus 900. You're yeah, going to go with Ortiz?
1: Yeah, let's go with Ortiz. Let's...
0: Ortiz and the Brewers, this app has them at, oh, it just went from minus 185 to minus 200. They must have heard us talking. Um, yeah, 200 for the Brewers. Ortiz from 900. There we go. And oddly enough, that's what we're going to end the podcast with this week, I think. Right,
1: Drew? I, I dig it, man. I dig it.
0: And once we get these funds in our pacotes, we are going to have some fun news here coming up on episode 52, right? If
1: you drink it, they will listen.
0: On that note, Drew, good talk. See you out there.
1: Big kisses. Sit down.
0: Pull you that first
1: round. You got an open count, toss it out. Everybody's cordial right now. Stir up the crowd, get you that second round. Go on and throw it out, talk about anything that makes you get loud.